0: It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z925 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The Millennial Man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to 3pointpod at gmail.com. Follow 3 Point Podcast on social media at 3 Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners.
1: Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. 989-720-4380. That's nine eight nine seven two zero four three eight zero.
0: Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Siawassee and M21 in Corona.
2: Well, happy anniversary to us. It's time for episode 250 of the Three Point Podcast, presented by Memorial Healthcare and Sky Mint Cannabis. Memorial Healthcare's Now Community Wellness Center has been a tremendous addition to the community. Included in your Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center membership is the use of the cardio exercise area, the Sky Track where you can walk, jog, or run around the track. Also, you can drop in on on many of the fitness classes. Check out the therapy pool for aquatic, exercising, stretching, and swimming. Just a great facility. Learn more by going online at memorialhealthcare.org. Commitment, compassion for life, Memorial Healthcare. SkyMint Cannabis. They're Michigan's leader in the industry, over 15 locations throughout the state. Check out the new SkyMint Reserve, an elevated cannabis line featuring exceptional profiles for a more dynamic feeling, sophisticated, selectively sourced, locally grown SkyMint cannabis. If you're over 21, go online at skymint.com, sign up for the rewards program. They're their, their one stop shop for pain relief and more. Use that coupon code at the Corona Store 3.20. 20% off their products. Our other great local partners include AZ Printing Solutions, Pro Real Estate and Auction, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, Nelson House Funeral Homes, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Well, fellas, we got a big show lined up tonight for our anniversary. Lions play-by-play man Dan Miller will be checking in. We also have our prep spotlight on Langsburg. Their 10-0 start. And we'll have their head coach, Daniel Morrill, stopping by. And we have the return of our oldest athletic supporter a little later on. So it should be a good show. And what do you think, guys? Um, We've made it to 250. Hard to believe.
3: Is that like a milestone? You know, in marriages, there's like the golden golden anniversary of the silver. Is 250 anything?
4: I don't know. It's it's crazy to think. I, I, I don't know where else we would go. I mean, it's I think five hundred I guess would be the next milestone, which is <laughs> insane to even think about. I mean, we're crazy to even do two hundred and fifty of these. Right. Whenever people take a look at our feed a new listener or whatever, and I and uh they happen to find out about our podcast, they're always like their eyes like jump out of their uh, head when they see how many podcasts we've done. <laughs> they like they would like I remember I had a coworker who found out about it. And he's like, how long have you guys been doing this? Like ten years? I'm like no, <laughs> just a few years. <laughs> so
3: it is kind of crazy. I mean, there's there's a couple that I listen to, that kind of they they number each of their podcasts, you know, kind of like we do, and they're up to like eight seventy five, and you know, some another one is in the six hundreds or something. And I remember when we started this thing, so obviously those numbers were lower for those podcasts, three four hundreds or whatever. Yeah. When we started, I was thinking. That seems like so many episodes, three, four hundred, you know, or whatever. Know. But really, that's like that's around the corner for us. And we're yeah. and we're still plugging away. Honestly, though, it I know we always say it. We've said this before. We have fun with it, um, but we have a lot of cool guests. We've had a ton of cool guests. We've got another super cool one tonight. Um, so it, it keeps it fun. We like the local sports too, keep us going. Cool.
2: Yeah, it really does. You know, and I think the reason we're celebrating 250, because I think we forgot to celebrate 200. So it's just another natural milestone, but it is amazing. You know, uh, we pretty much have been as regular as you can be one a week. I mean, we've taken a a week off for holidays here and there, but not very often. It's been a pretty consistent 250 and you know, everything else that we have on the program and with some of the high school games that are uh, reposted on there for, uh, you know, a lot of the athletes and their parents get a chance to listen to them. I mean, I think we got a pretty good site here with our podcast and, and the other things we do. And man, uh, you know, I can't say enough about our sponsors, guys. I mean, we've been here 250. We've got our core five or six that have been there the entire way. And it's just a, a, a tribute to them. I mean, they 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 like what we put out there and we really like what what they provide.
4: Yeah, I mean, we we do we really do have the best sponsors. I mean, yep. Rivals, great place to to get something to eat. I mean, the Wellness Center. I mean, we were all wowed with that. I mean, mm-hmm. the list goes on and on. I mean, it's 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 incredible. I never thought. I remember. I still remember when we got our very first sponsor. I was at Grand Valley. I was just walking to class, and I, I was. You know, you, you sound silly saying it, but I was pretty taken aback by it. I never yeah. thought that, that would ever happen, to be honest, with this podcast. Uh, you know, but we really do have the best po- uh, sponsors. A lot of them have been with us rivals since the very beginning. So it's just yeah, cool get to get all the way to 250 and see how far we've kind of come.
2: Well, I mean, they're loyal. They're loyal to us. We're loyal to them. But, you know, we can't say it enough to our listeners. We've, we've got a lot of listeners nowadays. And any time that you're in one of the businesses you hear here, a little mention that hey i hear your spots on three point podcast that that goes a long way that helps them know that their advertising is going to to good use and it helps us you know it's it's a win-win love it always love that that local support goes a long way all right well speaking of that support we'll have a couple messages coming up next and then we'll go right to dan miller of the detroit lions radio broadcast network
0: Hi, it's Scott Johnson from TV5 saying congratulations to the Three Point Podcast for making it to episode number 250.
5: I have no idea how that happened, but here's to the next 250. Great job, fellas. Always enjoy the show.
1: Hey guys, Jim Woodworth here, and I just want to give you a quick congrats on show number 250. Uh it's kind of a big deal. And I appreciate all you do to uh to showcase our local athletes and uh Uh, All the banter. The best thing we've learned, though, is Jared is one bad mother. Not afraid to pass a cop. Love you guys. AZ Printing Solutions,
2: formerly Hankered Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear, as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the
6: store in downtown Owasso.
7: Lions shift on that defensive front. Long count by Rogers. Will he snap it? There he goes, they go on the end around to Lazard, they didn't get it. Blown up by Alex Anzalone. They tried to come in the end around with a jet sweep look that time to Lazard. Anzalone said, not on my watch. Two deep safeties here, it is third and five Green Bay from the Lion 24. There's the shotgun snap to Rodgers, he's back, pumps, hit, going down. Sacked back at the 30 yard line, Aiden Hutchinson got him again. So here we go. The Lions can end this ball game right here. Fourth and one from the Green Bay 15. These Packers fighting to get into the playoffs. The Lions fighting to get this ball game right here. They're gonna go empty. Goff takes the snap. Back looks, throws, caught. First down Detroit Lions. DJ Chark down inside the 10 yard line. This game is over. Yes. It is over. execute a couple of snaps and these lions are going home with a victory
2: well there's the voice it's episode 250 and we wanted a special guest and we got him detroit's fox 2 sports director and anchor and outstanding detroit lions radio network play-by-play guy dan miller first of all dan thanks for the time and and i want to just start it off with a question kind of a little not really rambling but you know we watched this lions team Hard knocks, we're all fired up. They get off to a one and six start. We're thinking what's going on, and then they finish eight and two and have the big W at Lambo to end the season with a winning record. I mean, walk us a little bit through your emotions this season because I know you get into your broadcast and it had to be a roller coaster.
5: Yeah, it was. Number one, thank you for having me and congratulations on 250. That's a great <laughs> run and still you. going. Thank um look, I, I think you know, I've told people this before when when Hard knocks happened and people all around the country were were jumping on the Lions bandwagon and saying, oh my gosh, this team's going to do X, Y, and Z. I feel like there was a group of us in the media in Detroit that were kind of saying to people, hey, pump the brakes a little bit. This team won three games last year. Now, I didn't see one and six coming. I certainly thought that start would be better than that. Um, it was a weird one in six because they had winnable games outside of the New England game. That kind of got away from them, and it was literally one play to a half of a play that could have swung some of those games. So one in six, it was it was tough, man. It one in six is one in six, regardless of how you want to parse it and say they could have won some of those games. You're one in six, so it was pretty brutal. Um, and then they just started cleaning some things up. It wasn't this massive schematic shift or lineup shift or anything like that, they stopped turning the ball over. They started taking the ball away. They were winning the turnover battle on a regular basis. They stopped for the most part. There was some times when they didn't committing the penalties that were giving other teams, extended drives, first downs, things like that. And and really those are the things that helped turn them around. It was ball security and just playing smarter. And all of a sudden you looked up and that margin that they weren't able to handle in the first seven games, they started to have that going their way, and they started to win, and then they gained confidence, got on a run, and it, and it was a, it was a really nice way to to end the season. Disappointing way to start because yeah. that's ultimately what cost them was that one and six start. Yeah,
3: yeah, especially seeing a couple of the teams that have played in and moved on in the playoffs, the Lions beat. <laughs> or
5: but you know, you know what, just- credit to them, they got there. And I know yeah. what you're saying, and it does make you just kind of go. <laughs> You know, it it it. You felt like they could have done some damage if they could have gotten in there. Yeah. The way they were playing at the end, if they'd have gotten into the playoffs, you get the feeling they could have hung around for a while. They could have played with these teams. I don't think there's one team in the NFC that I look at right now that I would have said going in there, oh, they're in big trouble. That doesn't mean they were going to win, yeah. but it just meant you felt like they could go in there and represent themselves and have a chance to win. But. Again, that's just us sitting here talking now. You got to handle your business. And ultimately, that's I think Dan Campbell's message to this team is you know, don't put yourself in a position where you need help from somebody else. Don't put yourself in a position where you've got to dig out of a massive hole because both those things were true about this team this year. Yeah. Dan, I uh, want to
3: you you brought up Dan Campbell and we're we're recording on Monday night. And Coach Campbell is gonna be with, with the Mannings on Monday night football. So that I'll be curious to see that that interview with Coach Campbell. But I wanted to ask you about him. You know, we've all seen the previous regimes, and it's not taking any knocks at these previous coaches—Morningweg, Schwartz, Marinelli—you know, Patricia. Some of these other guys. Uh, Are you all in on? Because you know, so it's been a little back and forth. You know, there's been some Mm. growing pains with Dan Campbell. Obviously, turned it around at the end of last season. Turned it around at the end of this season. Coupled with how Brad Holmes drafts, they have a bunch of great draft picks next year. Are you all in on Dan Campbell? And is it basically win the NFC North or bust next year, or well, I think is it it's, still kind of little growing to do?
5: I think it's the, it's the organization. I don't think it's just Dan Campbell. I think I think you're looking at this as a package. I think it's Brad Holmes. I think it's Dan Campbell. I think it's his staff. I think it's it's everything that's there. Look, I, I think starting with Campbell, he checks a lot of boxes. He's just. He's consistent. He knows who he is. The players love him. He hasn't changed one bit since the day he got there. Some coaches when things aren't going well, you see him kind of say, "Oh, I'm going to try this," or "I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be more stern," or "I'm going to try this way of acting towards." Me. He doesn't change regardless of what's going on. Never gets, you know, flustered at the podium, never takes shots at anybody, never has a problem with a question, and deals with his players with the same respect that he deals with everybody else, and I think that they see that. They can smell a phony. They can mm-hmm. smell somebody they don't want to play with. And this guy is somebody that, that doesn't you know, move the needle in that regard in any kind yes. of negative way. Um, I think the most important thing you can say about Dan Campbell, outside of the fact that players want to play for him and do play for him, is that he has assembled a staff that has developed players. Yeah. Because that's been missing around here for a long time. If you don't develop the players that you draft and get a pipeline going, you will never be a successful franchise. You just can't do it. It's what the two teams I hold up, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, continuous mm-hmm. success over an extended period of time because they know the players they want. They draft them. They develop them. And they, they continuously replace guys that leave, retire, free agency, deal because of, of salaries, things like that. And I think you can look up and down this roster and see players that the Lions have brought in this 8-2 this and two was fueled in many ways by guys that were in their first and second years, guys that are, that are playing good football for this team. And that's what gives me hope. That's what mm-hmm. makes me believe. Yeah, I, be, I believe in the guys. I think Brad Holmes has earned that. I think Dan Campbell has earned that. But it's with the results that allows you to say, here's tangibly why I believe these guys are doing it the right way. And I think that's, that's what I think separates this group from groups that we've seen in the past is that they're doing what you have to do. They've been conservative. They haven't gone out and spent huge money on free agents. They haven't felt the need to swing massive trades or anything like that. Um, They they have built through the draft and young players, which is where you have to be. Now, I think, into this offseason, they can be much more pointed in terms of their direction and what they want to do because they know their roster. They know their holes. To your point, yes, I believe the bottom line is you do have to compete in that NFC North next year. Do you win it? We'll see. Let's see where we are in December. But I think as a baseline, for the first time in a long time, you're looking at it and saying nothing less would be acceptable with this team. Not not understanding injuries or anything like that. But as we stand right now going into an offseason and coming off of this season and understanding there will be significant changes to this roster, even as as well as they've finished, Um, I just think that's where they are as a franchise right now. It's time to put expectations on them.
4: One of the big parts of this past season has been, you know, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator. Um, We love watching him every every Sunday. You know, he dials up plays one of the best in the league, obviously leading candidate for a lot of head coaching jobs. Uh, I feel like we as Lionsville, still still don't really know much about him, though. Uh, I know you've been able to kind of have a front row seat to a lot of his games that he's called the last two years. Uh, what do you, what is there that you can tell us about this guy and how important was he to this team this past year?
5: Uh, very important. I think you'd, <laughs> you'd call it a meteoric rise, even though he's been in this league for a while um, from somebody who wasn't calling plays to one year of calling plays to getting interviews for head coaching jobs is, is really a testament to the job that he did. And look, they had a lot of weapons. This offensive line is what this team was built around and they've, put a lot of assets into getting this offense going in the right direction, but he got it going in the right direction and he, he made it all work. So look, nothing but respect for Ben Johnson. My gut is he's probably going to get one of these jobs and won't be back. We'll see what happens. Things can, can fall in a strange way and dominoes can kind of go against you. So I can't guarantee he won't be back, but it certainly feels like he's going to get one of these gigs. And, And you know what? That's that's price of being successful. That's the price that you pay. And, and that means people are taking note of what you're doing and you're doing something right. right. And look, Dan Campbell, it's, it's then incumbent upon him to go out and find somebody, whether it's on the staff now or he goes outside the organization. But I think, you know, in two years, looking at this staff that I mentioned a moment ago, the job they've done, I think you give them the benefit of the doubt. doesn't mean it's optimal or what you want to do, but there's nothing you can do about it. And I guarantee you, Dan Campbell's getting a short list of guys together right now and I guarantee you he's got one, right. a short mm-hmm. list yeah. of guys together right now that, that he is going to look to uh, to replace him, like I said, whether it's in-house or, or, or outside the organization.
2: Well, you know, when you talk about offense, and obviously the face of the team is your quarterback, some of your thoughts on Jared Goff and, and what he did this year and maybe what the future holds.
5: I think mean, Jared Goff had to answer the question this year whether or not he yeah. was this team's quarterback. I don't think you could get to the end of this season – with any question about whether or not he was the guy. And I think six, seven games in with the problems that he had, you know, protecting the football, there were still questions about that. They were scoring number one scoring team in the, in the league for a month. um, And, and ended up top five in scoring. I think it, it, He answered those questions with the way that he played over the final 10, 11 games of the season, the way he protected the football, the way he scored points, the way he moved this offense, the way guys rally behind him and want to play with him and for him, uh, which is important for a quarterback. Look, he's this team's quarterback, and I I think they'll bring in, my guess, is a quarterback somewhere along the line as a developmental guy, but I don't think it'll be a first-round quarterback. We'll see. I don't think Mm -hmm. it'll be a first-round quarterback unless it's somebody they absolutely love that's sitting there on the board and you can't pass him up. Jared Goff is this team's quarterback. I do think you need to start developing something behind them. I think it's been a blind spot maybe for this organization that they haven't had somebody back there that was ready in case Goff went down. I don't necessarily think there's anybody we've seen in the past several years that you would look at and say, okay, if the starting quarterback gets hurt, you're still going to be able to win games. Now, maybe that's more teams than not in this league. It's a long way of saying Goff's the quarterback. He will be the quarterback next year. But I would be surprised if there's not a youngish quarterback uh, added to this roster behind him.
3: I mean, that was kind of the problem. We don't want to necessarily call it a problem, but through all the Stafford years, they never seemed to address the backup quarterback significantly anyway uh, through all the Stafford years, maybe like signing Chase Daniel. But you know, they never drafted like a developmental guy to be maybe if Stafford went down. So maybe that's something they do need to address, yeah. especially looking at the playoffs right now and all the teams still playing in the playoffs with backup quarterbacks or they made yeah, the playoffs they, with backup they, quarterbacks. The 49ers have a third string Mr. Yeah, Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant. They might win the NFC, you know. So Yeah,
5: I think they've 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 drafted a couple, but I just I, yeah. I think they will put more emphasis on it if you will it will be more of a sense of urgency this on this it's just a guess I just I just think at some point and it's not to say he's going to replace Jared Goff right. but you've got to have somebody that's getting ready to be that guy and I just I think at some point with all these draft picks they have and maybe it's a, it's a free agent from another team that that they like as a young developmental guy I just I, I truly believe next year there will be somebody in there somewhere behind Jared that they're bringing along that'll give them some sense of stability in the future if something were to happen to Jared. But, but none of this is to say that he's not the guy. He is the guy. And I think he defined himself as that this season. Yeah.
4: One thing I found interesting when I was looking up uh, your kind of backstory is that you grew up in the DC area and your dad was a season ticket holder for the Washington commanders for a long time. How did you end up making your way to Detroit? And when you got here, were you a little bit depressed to have to become, you know, somewhat of a pseudo lions fan,
5: no, you know what? In my business, you kind of go where the job is. And yeah. and my wife and I had, you know, looked at, I was working in DC, I was doing talk radio, and I was doing television in DC and, and you know, wanted to get into television full time. And um, we had looked at a couple of jobs in a couple of different places and, and, you know, had an opportunity in a couple of different places, didn't get the opportunity we wanted in a couple of places. Yeah. And we just kind of you know, I've told people it felt like we ran an obstacle course to get where we were by, you know, not getting jobs, getting offered jobs, not taking jobs, things like that. And then one day my agent called me and said, there's a news director in Detroit that likes your tape. And we hadn't applied. He had gone to they used to have uh, these warehouses where people would go and they'd say, I need a weather guy or I need a sports guy or something like that. And and literally they could sit there and watch tape after tape after tape after, <laughs> tape, after tape, and mine popped out to him. And I, I got that call from my agent. And I have said this before. I, I walked downstairs to my wife, and I remember she was in the kitchen. And I said, "There's a news director in Detroit that likes our tape." Hmm. And she goes, "Okay." And I said to her, "I said, you know, this is it, right?" And she said, "I know." And it was just something that told me at that moment that this was going to be the one. And we did again. We we had you know, such a weird kind of right road to get there. And, and for some reason, something just told me that this was going to be it. And, you know, as far as the, as the lions thing, I think it was organic. Um, I think you come here. I did shows for the lions starting, I think my second year here, I was hosting their weekly show mm-hmm. and it just, I, I think you become, and I was doing our pregame show and our postgame show back in, in the day um, with with the guys, doing it weekly. And I think you just become immersed in it. You get to know people. You get to mm-hmm. know coaches. You get to know players. And after a while, you're rooting for them. You know them. You want them to succeed. You see the fans. And this is before I became the play-by-play guy or anything like that. Right. You just you want to see them succeed. You're, you're feeling the vibe of the city. You work right. here. So I think it was kind of organic that it just became this, that you started rooting for the team to do well. And like I said, that was before I even got the play-by-play yeah. job. So nice. it's, uh, it's hard to be in a city long-term and, and so deep into covering a team on a daily basis, whether it's the Pistons or Wings or, or, or something like that, right. and not find yourself rooting for them and rooting right. for the story.
3: I know I, I've, a... I've relocated. I, I moved out to Connecticut where I started my career at ESPN and I didn't jump on any of the Boston or New York or, or Washington bandwagons. I'm now down in North Carolina. I am not going to be a Panthers fan. I can tell you that. <laughs> my, my daughter, actually, funny story, she she came home. She's in first grade. She said, Daddy, why, why am I always wearing lion stuff? All my friends at school are wearing Panthers shirts. And I, I was like, you won't see any Panthers shirts in this household. But anyway, I, I was going to ask you about um, moving to Detroit and in the local news game and how it's just changed. You've been doing it for a long time. I started at Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. Jared did also at Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. I knew some people that actually relocated to Detroit uh, at WXYZ down there. So I've stayed engaged, I guess, um, paying attention to local news. I I enjoyed my time doing local news. Things have changed a lot, though, as you would definitely know. One of my favorite Mm -hmm. things after Lions games is, just being honest, is when they post the videos, whether on YouTube or Twitter, of your calls matched up to the plays. I just You're very good at what you do, and obviously I'm a diehard Lions fan, so I love it. That that kind of thing, social media, um, just how local news has changed, sports, all that kind of stuff. What have you seen that's been like the most significant change over either covering sports or just in general um, in local news? You know, sports, all that kind of stuff in, in your career.
5: Yeah, I mean, thank you for the kind words. I, I think it's I think it's just that it it has gone from something you did at five, six, ten, and eleven to it's all day. I mean, yeah. it's it's immediate because we now have Twitter. And Facebook, Instagram, all these different things. Um, you know, it's just there's a constant flow. It's never not on. It, it's it's not like you wait to break something until or, or comment on something or put something out on something until six or five or or right. wait till ten. And and you know, I will tell you that's 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 somewhat new even in the last 15, 18 years, because you know, I remember. When Mariucci got fired and I had that story and Mike O'Hara from the Detroit news had that story and I knew he had it. And even then the Detroit news wasn't putting out Mike's story until I think 10 or 11 o'clock at night, because that's when they put out the early morning edition for Mm -hmm. the next day. So it wasn't even immediate back then. So I'm kind of trying to get my nuts and bolts of this story together for our 10 o'clock news And I know I have some time to work it. I know he's working it. I'm working it. But it was I I, I remember that. And I bring that up just because it shows you if that happened now, you would have to put that out much, much quicker. You wouldn't have, you know, six or seven hours after the game gathering information and the ability to do that. Now, you still got to be right. Right. But it's just it's just the way things have evolved since then. That's the biggest change, I think, yeah. is, look, the, the, there's so many more channels than they were when I got into this business. There's so many more places where people can get their news. But when all is said and done, it's the immediacy of it. Yeah. And just the, the delivery has changed so much. And the expectation of the viewer, listener, reader has changed so much.
2: I got two quick ones for you, Dan. We don't want to keep you all night, but my last couple of questions, it's kind of a follow-up to Jared's. Uh, You grew up a Redskins fan. He called it, uh, you know, the Commanders, but they're the Redskins back in your day. Uh, I had a team, or two teams, the Tigers of 68 and 84. It's tough for me to decide. What about you? Is it the George Allen Skins or the Joe Gibbs?
5: Oh, I think, I mean, all of them have a place in my heart. I mean, I, I grew up a, you know, massive Bullets fan too. And, and mm-hmm. them winning the championship in 78 was, oh, was huge for me in, in my childhood. And I was at game six against Seattle at the Capitol Center when they blew them out to get to game seven in Seattle, um, which was, you know, enduring memory. Um, look, George Allen brought winning football to Washington. And that's when I was introduced to the game. So certainly that's... You know, Sonny mm-hmm. Jurgens and Billy Kilmer, Larry Brown, Charlie Taylor, Chris Hanberger, all those guys. Ken Houston, Pat Fisher. Those Good are team. all guys that that helped introduce me to the game. I mean, the Joe Gibbs teams, though that that introduced me to what championships were in football and and going to a parade and and seeing that team win and all the things that they did and you know, Frank Herzog, the voice of the team is the guy that rings in my ear. When I see Riggins go around the left side, (laughs) I can hear his call still, even though I watch the game on television and a lot of what I, my touchdown call is from Frank. I mean, that's, he's, he's the guy that was a mentor to me and is, was somebody that I looked at and just wanted to be like him. He did TV. He did play by play. I wanted to do what he did. And I've been blessed enough to be able to do that. So I mean there's something that that I take from from all of those experiences and all of those teams growing up that that shape who I am today but um I think when you see a team that you root for win three Super Bowls and you see a team that you root for go to four Super Bowls it's 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 a pretty amazing run and you know then to be able to cover that team when I got into the business was pretty special as well so um yeah, it was it was an amazing time. And and you know, you went into every season thinking you had a chance to win a Super Bowl. That's that's the kind of run that they had there.
2: The follow-up question I have as a play-by-play guy. Um And and you're obviously one of the best throughout the entire NFL. There's no question about it. But I have noticed on some of the Twitter feeds, first of all, you're very animated, which I can appreciate. You're into the game. But your helper's there. Your spotter's handing you notes. Mm. You make it sound seamless. They must do a great job getting you that information that you can pass on.
5: They're unbelievable. I mean, Joe Abramson, my spotter, has been with me since I was doing games for Fox. So he's been with me for 23 years. Um, Mike Brada, my statistician came along when I started doing the lions, So he's been with me for 18. Our engineer, Al Rosenberg is the, the best in the country. I mean, every major event Al is the engineer for that. Um, so I I'm surrounded by amazing people and, and I come to lean on them so hard. I mean, it's, I, I call them my right and left arms. And then Al's <laughs> just behind me, making sure everything goes on the air, but, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're the best at what they do. You see uh, um, Joe every night sitting next to George Blaha. He's been with George for over 30 years. So, I mean, these are the best of the best, and I'm lucky enough to have them in the booth with me. And and I'm, if there's one thing that, that I really am happy about with those videos, it is that people have gotten to see the amount of support that I get from people in that booth that it's not just me and that it is an operation, it is right arm, left arm, you know, and it's, it's a group effort. And and that's been really cool that they've gotten some recognition. I mean, Mike has now become known as sticky note guy and, you know, it's taken on a life of its own, which I think is really cool. And, um, you know, so I, I, those videos have been, um, it's fun when you win, people oh, yeah. enjoy stuff when you win. And, and that's, that's certainly part of that. And I understand that, but, The coolest thing for me has been that people can see what I know is that a big part of everything I do is the people around me.
4: This is a tough question, um, but I got to put you on the hot seat a little bit. Um, What's your favorite call from over the years? I know my favorite one was your golden Tate uh, walk-off touchdown versus Minnesota. That's mine. What what was yours? If you had to pick one.
5: Yeah, it's that one. It's, It's definitely the golden table. And that's the one that I hear about from people more often than not, if people bring up a call, it is that one. And and I've, you know, that one also is is special to me because my son was at Michigan State at the time. And he was in his frat house and he had been out doing something and he came back home and he um back to the house and, and they're like, oh my God, did you hear your dad? Did you hear your dad? <laughs> and Tony's like, I, I was I have no idea what you're talking about. And so they were all talking about it and And talking about that call and he called me up and he he was just, he was proud to have me as his dad, which is, you know, kind of unusual because usually (laughs) it was just dad doing his job and, you know, I've been doing that job since they were this tall. So that, that will always be special to me because it meant something to him to walk back into that house and have guys say something about that to him. So that one will always stick out in my mind, A, because it was so sudden and so unbelievable and incredible to win at Minnesota and to win in that fashion and that that something semi-legible came out of my mouth and, and <laughs> people remember it. So, yeah, I think that one – I mean, the interception, pick six against San Diego to lock up the playoffs in 2011 oh. and, and yeah. get them back in that kind of relevant um, – position was was big as well but um that i i think just because so many people bring it up and because of of you know what that one meant to me it's it's the golden take call yeah it was a great call
2: well dan i know you got things to do you got work to do we just (laughs) gotta have fun here but uh I assume you're on the uh, Harbaugh story tonight. Is that uh, one of the things you're
5: Yeah, on? I mean, I guess the story's over. So, I mean, <laughs> it, I, it looks like he's he's going to be back in Michigan. He'll get a new deal here. I think yeah. the thing to watch when he gets a new deal is, you know, what's that buyout look like? Yeah. Because, you know, the school's probably going to want to protect themselves a little bit from, you know, having to go through this on a yearly basis. But, yeah, I mean, it's um, – look, he's due a raise. He gave some money back when things weren't going well. Things have gone great. He'll get his money. He'll be back in Michigan. and and. I think we can all just kind of move forward now. I think it's, it's, yeah. it's the, the, the two years that he's put together there, beating Ohio State, getting to the playoffs, been terrific. And, and we'll see where it goes from here. But I think we're all kind of glad that, that you can kind of just set this one aside now and say he's coming back and, and let's get about the business of, of seeing what the offseason looks like. It's already been good in terms of the transfer portal and yeah. see how these two teams shape up going into the next year.
1: Yep.
2: Dan Miller, we appreciate the time so much. Uh, I know you have the uh, the news tonight, the sports, but uh, tell our listeners best spot to follow you on socials.
5: Uh, I am on Twitter at Dan Miller Fox Two. Um, that's about it. I don't. I don't. I willfully stayed away from uh, Instagram. I think I have an account that I never did anything with, and, and Facebook or anything like that. So you can find me on Twitter. Um, and, and our, you know, Fox2Sports is on Twitter as well, so um, that's that's where you find what we're doing here, and, and we appreciate the follows and, and people that check out what we do.
2: Thank appreciate you. it, Dan. Thanks for the time, man. We, we really enjoyed it.
5: Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Nice chatting with you. Thanks.
2: Thank you. Hey, what's going on,
5: guys? This is Brandon Green with ABC 12. 250 episodes. Just amazing. Keep up the great work, and get with me when you guys get to 500, because I know you'll
2: do
4: it. All right.
2: Hey boys, that was just an awesome discussion with Dan. You can tell he's the pro, and man, he's gotta be ecstatic on, on the future of the Lions. You can tell.
3: Yeah, he's he, I think he's talked about it on broadcast before. He's seen, and we kind of talked about it a little bit. He has seen the some dark days with the Lions, as we have. Obviously, you have seen many dark days with the Lions oh, yeah. Ted. Right. Um, so yeah, like like he was saying, it's fun to win. And that's why that his his energy comes out. I mean, it's not being like Homer he's one of the best in the business, you know, doing play by play. I love listening w- when I have a chance, if we're in the yep. car or something, when the lions are on, if I can turn mm-hmm. him on, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm like, cool. I get to listen to Dan call the lions. So that, that was a really cool conversation.
4: It is. It is funny how you say that, Matt, he's probably the only radio announcer that, that I probably feel that way about, you know, just a legend, a true legend, Detroit legend, you know, obviously came from the DC area, but I mean, it's just awesome to get, get to talk to him and, The excitement in his voice is palpable heading into next year, and I just can't wait.
2: Yeah, and it's kind of cool, too, because he's kind of a mentor from our former guest, Zach Linfield, you know, the Michigan broadcaster, the young kid, and they have kind of similar deliveries. So I think Zach's smart to take off a little bit of uh, Dan Miller for sure. Uh, it's time now for the Prep Spotlight presented by Capital Sports Fieldhouse. We're going to be talking Langsburg basketball and they're coming off a big win. The Woodruff Brothers combined for 59 in the Wolfpacks 91 to 50 91-44 win over Dansville. Uh, Eli led the way with 35 and Xander put up 24 and the man that runs the show, their head coach Dan Moral, now in his fourth
0: season as the Langsburg head coach. 250 i'll take 250 and who will i'm at 200 now 225 250 now 260 i'm back to 250 hey guys congratulations to ted matt and jared for their 250th podcast episode that's taking place this evening what a great accomplishments you guys have done and we appreciate being on your team just go to CRAuctions.com and check us out. Once again, congratulations, guys. Happy 250.
2: Capital Sports Field House is the home of Hit and Pitch and a whole lot more. The 10,000-square-foot turf Field can be used for all indoor sports training, including football, baseball, basketball, softball, soccer, and many other activities. Hit and Pitch has seven indoor batting cages with full pitching tunnel and the state-of-the-art Hit Tracks training system utilized by MLB organizations. Located in the old Capitol Bowl JCPenney block on South Washington in Owasso, Michigan. For more details, call Capital Sports and hit and pitch at 989-472-4624 or online at capitalsportsfh.com. All right, we've got the head coach of the Langsburg Wolfpack on the line with us. Again, as I said, Daniel Morrill. And boy, you're off to a great start, coach. Uh ten and O, And uh, you know, you won the Shiawassee shootout. Tell us about this year's edition of Wolfpack basketball.
8: Yeah, I mean a lot of good things going on. We're having a blast. Uh we've got just a, a ton of talent, uh, but but really hardworking kids. I mean, the talent's been developed and I think every every school nowadays says, you know, these kids have been playing together since they were young kids. Like that's that's normal. That's typical. But these kids love to play together. Like They love I can't keep them out of the gym. Um, If they've got a weekend off, they're they're finding a gym and they're playing together. So and actually it's been probably one of the challenges. We've had a kind of a couple of kids with nagging injuries that I, I can't get them healed up because they keep pounding away. Like one, uh, Eli, one of the Woodruff brothers that you spoke of has a, a broken foot from football and oh he, just, he just won't stay off it. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of,
3: that, that's kind of a long injury to rehab. So it's almost like shut it down for the season or just play through it.
8: But yeah, so he's been playing through it and he's, he's kind of finally coming along. It, it just took a while. It was at first they thought it was turf toe, uh, he missed his final football game his senior year uh, with it, and then as time went on, it just wasn't healing up, and finally he got an MRI and, and got some specialists involved, and they said, no, you've got a break, and uh, torn ligaments, and bone bruising, and all sorts of a mess, and frankly, we were worried he'd miss his senior year of basketball, so uh, we've got a tremendous trainer who's been doing toe yoga and stuff with him, nice. <laughs> It's really worked. He's, <laughs> nice. he's gotten better and better and better over time, and he has to tape it a certain way. Yeah. Um, and I've limited his minutes all year. But as you, you heard the other night, I we kind of let, let him loose him, let him loose a little bit. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, and obviously you guys are having a great year, him included. And I wanted to ask about Ted mentioned the Shiawassee shootout, the thing that you guys won over our alma mater, Corona. Um, yeah. In my, my playing days, I played in like the early 2000s. And there wasn't anything like that back back when I was playing. And we've talked about it, whether it be with with football, basketball, any of the the high school sports um, in our area. Just how cool it is to have stuff like that, where you play some neighboring cities, whether it's Corona and Owasso, or you know Perry, Lanesburg, you know all that kind of stuff. And you know, because you you all see each other, you, you live, you go to the right. same stores, you know, you see each other when you're out in the town, or you know whatever you want to say. I just think that's really cool. I wish we would have had something like that, I guess is what I'm saying. The Shiawassee shootout when I was playing, do you feel the same way? Do you think something like that is really cool for the kids or is it just uh, another couple games to play?
8: Yeah. Look, almost necessary to be honest with you, because we, we hadn't done it previously. I think the MHSAA made a good decision by saying, let's shrink everything a week and let's mm-hmm. add two games. Yeah. there was just so much dead time in the season and yeah, um, Not that teenage boys aren't the most attentive group of individuals, but (laughs) you you can only go through so many weeks of not having a game anywhere near, you know, in in sight before they they lose interest a little bit and you've got to get super creative. So for us, um, you know, we were searching for a few games like everybody was, but a few extra because we lost a league school and uh, I really wanted to get into a holiday tournament. I think they become increasingly popular before the addition of the two games. And just to have one local against good competition was, I mean, it was an easy decision. Yeah. So we had a blast. Yeah. Lanesburg uh, has always been,
4: in my opinion, you know, a great measuring stick uh, of a good program. I mean, you guys have always been steady uh, going back, you know, the Greg Mitchell days. I know you played under him. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Why is that there, there seems to never be any drop off from year to year from coach to coach? Seems like Lanesburg is always, you know, right around 15 wins, maybe better. Why is that?
8: Yeah. Well, I, you mentioned it, uh, Greg Mitchell. So I, I was, uh, young in high school when he hit the scene and the, you know, these are the days where we, our weight room was a closet and you kind of mm-hmm. had to pull the bench out into the lobby of the, <laughs> and that's how you worked out. Or that's how you thought you were working out. And yeah. And he, he changed the culture. And, and so this was back 1989 and, uh, It took a while, of course, but it it was the building of a youth program. It was the building of a community's belief in the youth program. And now you guys know the old saying, probably Jim Harbaugh, I think, that said it the other day or like a couple months ago about Ryan Day, like the born on third thinks he had a triple. Like I didn't hit a triple, (laughs) But, (laughs) but I was born on third for this program. And I know that. So it, it's it's a plug-and-play system, and, and essentially, um, I, I don't want to downplay my role in it, but I, to be very honest and, and, and humble, uh, I think there's a lot of really good coaches around, and anybody that stepped into this role that just wanted, was willing to put in the work and pay things forward would have success.
2: Well, you know, you talked about Greg Mitchell, and you're right. I mean, the guy... Uh, he's just a fantastic coach. He proved it at Langsburg and now at hope. Uh, but he set the stage and he built the program, but coaches like yourself have kept it going on. And, you know, we've talked about it here on the podcast before, how important it is if a team's like starting at the bottom and we got a couple teams in our area are at the bottom, right. You got to get the right guy in there that is going to put the time and effort in knows what they're doing. First of all, but he got to be down there with the, you know, fifth and sixth graders kind of directing how you want your coaches at that level to, to, to put a program together. And obviously I'm sure you put the same kind of time in, isn't that one of the real keys in having success?
8: It's up there for sure. I mean, you, you... You're not going to do anything special without effort, right? But right. I think in addition to that, having a rapport with the kids, more, more like that's foundational. So you're not working your way up the pyramid unless your foundation is solid. And, and for me, being a teacher there helps a ton. Uh, I teach a couple of things that the kids tend to enjoy, like a sports history class, a history nice. via media, a psychology class. And I think it just allows me an opportunity to spend time with them. Um, I spent a few years in between my coaching stints. I coached girls basketball in the in the mid-early 2000 aughts. And, and when I stepped away from that just before my fourth child was born, uh, I, I then kind of married psychology and sports together, and I got some sports psychology certification. And I, I think it was just like I always – um, prioritize being a student of, of sports and and the game. And, and I think what I learned as much as anything was just that, you know, you like anything else, like any relationship, it doesn't go anywhere unless you have a really good rapport and trust. And, and, uh, and so I work at that and that's, that's what connects us to it. And that's what makes it fun. I've got a, uh, coaching staff with me that any one of them individually would be one of the best coaches in the area. So I just, I'm doing everything I can to surround these young men with, with better minds and more engaged people and more interesting people. And, and it, it seems to be working this year.
3: Yeah, I would I would say so. 10 and 0 start. That's not too bad. Uh, yeah. One of my sisters is a teacher at uh, elementary school in Lanesburg. And so my, my niece and nephews, her kids, they'll be coming up through the ranks here in a few years, maybe, maybe playing a little basketball for you, but I wanted to ask. You brought up the the community, and I've I've heard through her and you know discussions with with my family how much they love Lanesburg. They they moved there a few years ago, so they're fairly new to the area, but they've already noticed how great that community is. How how big is that support for the success of your program?
8: Yeah, I mean it's. I, sometimes I feel like I don't want the secret to get out, <laughs> you know, um, because you know we we've got a really unique thing going on here we, we're still a, a reasonably small school uh, hanging out in that division three area uh, we've always been somewhat of a bedroom community to Lansing and and haven't had too many school of choice kids so most of our our kids are kind of some on some level homegrown I guess and and I was too I I grew up in langsburg and and I think that's one of my favorite things about it is is, is it's changed, but it hasn't changed too much. You know, it's, it's stayed the same and my goodness, the, the parents, the fans, the support is it's unique Mm -hmm. in a day and age where I think most coaches are driven out of it because of the pressure of, of the community or the the parents and the the fans. uh, It's one of my favorite things I'm drawn to it. You know, don't get me wrong. It's not without its problems. Um, But I think by and large, our, I'd put our parents and our community up against anybody's and say it's it's, if there was a measuring stick for it, I like us. I mean, yeah. it's it's a tremendous place to be.
4: So you guys are you know ten and zero, and, and in my opinion, I think once you get to the halfway point of the season and you're still unbeaten, I feel like the thoughts kind of start to creep in about what a you know twenty and zero regular season would maybe mean to you guys. I mean, maybe psychologically, how do you keep your team you know kind of each game at a time? And is that something you guys have talked about? Is that a goal of your guys is to, to try to go this entire regular season unbeaten?
8: Uh, no, no, we don't have any goals about winning anything uh, in particular. It's, it's pretty important to me to, to just keep the kids grounded. I, I think maybe just the opposite is true. I work quite a bit at make, helping them not focus on that sort of yeah. thing. Um, you know, we're, they, they understand we're not in control of, of wins any more than anything. You know, I mean, if we're, we're up against LeBron James kid and his team, you know, we may play our best basketball and lose and, you know, and certainly we might've played poor basketball and won this year at times too. And, and I think our measuring, uh, the way that we measure ourselves is by ourselves. And we really yeah. try to work hard to focus on what we're doing product that we're putting out. Are we getting the best of us? And uh, frankly, we haven't talked about our record once. Uh, we 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 have talked about. I'll I'll, I'll plant seeds with them every day, <laughs> very intentionally, about my my goals for them are bigger than, you know, just winning this, right. this next game or just right. this next league or whatever. Um, and without you know seeming too arrogant, I want them to understand that they have that capability. But we don't really talk about twenty two and zero or or league championships or those types of things too much. They do know that I've got a pair of scissors in my backpack and they don't, they don't get to look at those and, until they've earned that. So. <laughs> That's, cool.
2: That's cool. I'll tell you what, I, this is our first time to chat, Daniel, but uh mm-hmm. I can see the psychology wheels turning in that brain of yours. I'll tell you, and that definitely goes a long way in, in coaching and coaching success. Speaking of that, we'll wrap up with this. I think we'll probably catch up with you down the road, talk more specific basketball stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're a teacher over at Langsburg, like you mentioned. You also have a couple of interesting side businesses, don't you?
8: Uh, well, I, I did. I'm kind of moving away from that oh, yeah. as I get a little bit older. I, I, I'm M21. I used to own a strip mall, but I sold that. And and this uh, this consult like, mental training business I used to do, but I don't really mm-hmm. do too much with that anymore. Langsburg actually uh, hired me when I was in between my varsity coaching stints, I was just doing some youth coaching for my own children. Right. And uh, they hired me to work with all the varsity teams. I did that for about three or four years. And, and I love that too. That was really mm-hmm. cool.
2: Well, it seems all to be paying off. I mean, 10 and 0, go for the next game, you know, one at a time, as we always say in the coaching yeah. industry. But, <laughs> uh, hey, we really appreciate the time here on Three Point Podcast and the Prep Spotlight. We'll be definitely following the, the Wolf
8: Pack very closely the rest of the season. Yeah, well, thanks. I appreciate it, guys. I had a blast. Thanks for having me on. All right, Daniel, appreciate it. Thank man. you. Yeah. All
2: right, guys, that was a very interesting conversation with Coach Morrow. Uh First time I've actually had a chance to chit chat with him. Uh, I like him. I like yeah. I like the way he thinks. He, I I could play for that guy. I mean, yeah, it's no wonder they're ten and zero. I was gonna
3: say, and Jared, you you pointed on it. There's. I guess in our area, you don't sometimes think about Lanesburg, or at least. I mean, I obviously haven't lived there in quite a while now, but they're steady. They're they're always mm-hmm. steady, just a, a solid mm-hmm. program all the time. And you can see why. When you go from Coach Mitchell to him, I mean, it's it's like an easy handoff type of thing. I mean, he admitted it. He didn't hit the triple. He was born on third, like he said. But <laughs> he, like you said, Ted, he had to keep it going. Yeah, I mean, exactly. he, it, it's, it's not taking any credit away from him. So uh, that was a good chat. Yeah, he really
4: seemed like a seemed like a good dude. And like you guys said, I mean, and I think like what he said, it, it, the number one job of his is basically connect with the kids. And yep. you can tell that he just seems like a very likable guy. Uh, and at the end of the day, I mean, high school basketball, did you have fun? That's the most important thing. Yep. Uh, and and I, I kind of threw it out there and I was looking ahead at their schedule. I mean, you know, we, we got a good look at Freeland's, you know, 20-0 and 0 regular season last year. I think they'd have to go 22-0 and 0 to have a perfect regular season for Lanesburg. It's doable. Yep. I mean, looking ahead at their schedule, a lot of teams they've already beat already. Portland will be a tough test, but I mean, that's always a great accomplishment and we're all mm-hmm. rooting for it, obviously.
2: Absolutely. And some of the other highlights in our area, our chronic Cavaliers uh, downed Clio this week, 70 to 29 behind Wyatt Bowers. He had almost a quadruple, quadruple <laughs> doubled. I don't know if you saw
4: that. I did see that. That is, that was, once, I mean, you, that's one of the things you wish you kind of knew that you were doing and when it was happening, because then maybe he could have gone for a couple more steals or a couple right. more, assists. a couple I mean, more. Assists, if he would have yeah. brought that home. I mean, he's, He's on the nightly news that night.
2: Well, he did get the Argus Press headline, that's for sure. His twin, Tarek, led the led the team in scoring with 13. And Chesanine, you know, that's another school that seems to have a, a good, solid program year in and year out. They grabbed sole possession of first place in the MMAC with a big 71-35 win over Duran. You know, Duran's had a couple tough losses, one to Langsburg and now one to Chesanine. Evan List led the way with 22 for the 10-1 and and six and zero Indians. So uh, we have a game coming up on the radio, uh, Chessonine at Elsie coming up uh, right at the beginning of February. So I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah,
3: some good hoops. It's coming down good, to the wire. Yeah, I mean, sure. about about to move to February, March is yep. around the corner. That's good hoops
4: a little bit weak in football. I feel like it's it's you know it's the opposite. Basketball. I have a, I have a lot of teams having a pretty good season. I mean, Corona, Lanesburg, yep. Chesaning, Overdellcy is always solid. I mean, yeah, you, you got to be loving your schedule this year.
2: I I am indeed. It's going to be a fun stretch, winding down into February, into March. It's going to be fun. Well, you know, we're talking about basketball. We're going to talk uh, college basketball and a few other things in our sports potpourri as we end the podcast. But first, a couple more important messages. Nelson House Funeral Homes' number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234.
3: All right, so we already touched on it a little bit with Dan, when when our chat with Dan Miller. Jim Harbaugh, officially, official, back with Michigan. I don't know about you guys. I I think we mentioned it a week or two ago. I had a feeling he was always going to come back. It was just a matter of getting what he thought he deserved from Michigan. And I'd be curious. I mean, the the president of the university had to come out and tweet that the deal was done. It seemed like the president had a huge part in it. It, it appears that the athletic director and, and coach Harbaugh don't really see eye to eye if we want to say it nicely. And, you know, so I see some people saying like, that's a huge deal. Yeah. I don't know how big of a deal it, that it is. As long as Harbaugh's on the sidelines, that's really all I care about. And if the president had to step in, who cares? Because they've got a lot of people coming back. I think I saw one of the Michigan beat writers said like 33 of their 44. So like they're too deep are coming back. That's a lot of talent coming back next year. Um, Harbaugh obviously is is the big part. So however the deal had to get done, I am fine with, I would have been fine if he stepped away because, you know, if he had desire to get back to the NFL, cool, go do it. But the expectations are going to be high for Michigan next year.
4: Yeah. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. The the mission was accomplished as they said in the tweet. you know, he's back, he's on the sidelines. It makes me a little apprehensive, though, about this whole Ward-Manuel deal. It's Damn. bizarre that, let's say even uh, this is what happened, which obviously is the president got it done. I don't know why they had the president come out with this statement. I feel like that's you know that's the athletic director's job. I feel like Ward-Manuel should have done it. I don't like the idea that that relationship is souring, especially when we know, you know Harbaugh at the drop of a hat could leave for the NFL. We need everything to be perfect to keep Harbaugh here, I feel like. Yeah. And, and if I'm an athletic director, we've sung his praises a lot. Ward manual, obviously he's done a great job, but I feel like his jobs number one, two, and three are keeping Harbaugh happy, in my opinion. Yeah. If he's if he keeps Harbaugh here for the rest of his career, he's been the he's done his job perfectly. Yeah. Uh, and so it just makes me a little apprehensive to hear that there's some friction there. Cause it that you it seems like a position where with all this NIL type stuff going, it seems like they need to be hand in hand, and it makes yeah. me a little bit worried that they're not.
2: I'm not apprehensive at all. I think I think manual's gone. I think Harbaugh has won this one. <laughs> Let's think about it. Who do you know who uh, Alabama's athletic director is? No, you sure the hell know who their football coach is, right? Right. You know, Harbaugh won this one. It's pure and simple. I think Manuel's on his way out. This is just me without any information. I mean, right. when you have the president of the university making the call, like you guys are saying, uh, and Manuel, there's been some other things that haven't gone so well for him in the program, not just right. the football program. So. Why wouldn't Harbaugh want his guy? Maybe Manuel was there for a while, but when he had to take the pay cut, Harbaugh sucked it up, but he didn't have – no way he was
4: happy about it. What's that? There's no way that Harbaugh – No way was he happy happy about that.
2: Absolutely. He's not going to forget that. So,
3: And, you know, I I think we said it, uh, we're probably repeating ourselves, or I am, that he deserves the the pay increase. So if he feels like he was being disrespected or, you know, whatever the deal was Mm -hmm. because of how much they were offering to pay him – you know, Harbaugh has earned whatever he's asking for with the back-to-back wins over Ohio State and playoff berths, Big Ten titles. After going through the Rich Rod and Hoke era, kind of like to Jared's point, I would think that they would be, Jim, what do you want? Whatever you want, cool. Whether it's more money for your assistants, more money for NIL, they have top-notch facilities. I was going to say better facilities. Yeah, they, they've that. already got that. But, you know. Anything you want because we don't want to make a bad hire and slip back into what, what we went through, you know, with, with Richard and Hoke. So, mm-hmm. and point being, Jared, you said it mission accomplished. He's on the sidelines, at least for one more year. We're probably going to go through this again next December.
2: Yeah. Well, that's a good problem, though, you know, yeah. that means you're successful. And one thing you're right about, Matt, you said the pressure's on. Man, they're loaded. I mean, right. They are loaded. They should run the table till they get to
4: Ohio State, and we'll see what happens then again. What, you know, at least it's a home game. And what a sigh of relief it was that Stroud decided to declare. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I was I was thinking he was coming back. Uh, yeah. It really did seem for how long he was waiting to make his decision. Obviously, it was a very tough decision, you know, with all this NIL package money coming in for him. But that's another win for today is that he's gone. And, and just to put a bow on the manual thing, if he did low ball, hard ball, I think we're all in a grand scheme. I think we'd be maybe at the front uh, of, the, of the riot line with our pitchfork. Yeah. Uh, getting them out of there, I mean, it's mm-hmm. not acceptable. We know what this program would be without him, we know what it was, right? Uh, so, big announcement for me, though. Uh, Uh-oh. I let you guys know about this. Uh, last week, um, maybe I'm veering a little bit off. This isn't quite a entertainment segment, we're kind of going all over the place, but it's, it's the front of my mind. Yellowstone, yeah. I mean, this show is everything you guys said it was. It, it makes me want to. Quit my day job and move out to Montana and get a cowboy hat. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's I'm surprised so at how much money has gone into this show. You know, I, I thought it was just going to be a rinky dinky little soap opera type show. I mean, they, the, the sweeping shots of oh, Montana, yeah. the mountains, the, the cattle, everything about this show is is incredible. I love the characters. I mean, yep. they're, as I texted you guys, I mean, they're all kind of grade A badasses. Uh, mm-hmm. John Dutton, especially, which is Kevin Costner. The show gets a lot of hub. But it's for good reason. And, and episode one, it comes flying out of the gates. And yeah. I'm already through to, episode, to season two. Uh, and I've only been watching it for a couple of days. I mean, it, it, if you're one of those people like I was who's waiting to watch this show, watch it. Uh, it's awesome. $5 a month on Peacock. Do it now.
3: I was going to say, I'm, I'm kind of jealous because you're getting to binge the whole thing mm-hmm. you know, without ever seeing it. I almost wish I could go back and rewatch it and not not know what was going to happen. Because right. you'll you'll see like the the storylines kind of start to change over. I mean, I guess the storyline is the same, but they start to focus on different things as the seasons go on. And then now, obviously, I don't know if you're planning on getting through Yellowstone and then going to 1883 and then 1923, but you should, you you should, because honestly, like if you, as it seems you like Yellowstone, these are just as good. 1883 and then 1923, Ted, I don't know if you're caught up on 1923.
2: Not yet. yet. I'm a couple episodes in. Yeah,
3: so we're, they're they're at a standstill right now for a couple weeks. Okay. This isn't any spoiler or whatever for you, Jared, but the one thing from 1883 to 1923 that I wish they would have done is literally show how they landed on the land where yeah. the Yellowstone Ranch is. They kind of skipped over that part. Like 1883, really, they're getting there, and then 1923, it's already established. There. I would have been curious to see how... They got that land, you know, whether right, it was some right. big gunfight or, you know, whatever. But like you said, Jared, the acting in each one of the series is fantastic. The cinematography. I mean, like, like I, I just unreal. I want to go. I want to move out to Man- Montana and go skiing or I don't know, do whatever. But the one thing like I, I was uh, I was wondering, like, so this is clearly hearing us talk about it. It's probably made a lot of people uh, want to travel to Montana and sure. almost, you know, like the one of the like one of the things that they talk about a lot in the show is all the New York and LA people stay out of Montana, go, go back, quit vacation in here. I wonder if it's actually driven up tourism in Montana because of the show. One more thing to to wrap up my soliloquy on Yellowstone. One thing that I've thought about, and I told my wife, wife this as we're watching it, that doesn't necessarily ruin it. But when you're watching 1883, when you're watching 1923, obviously with the newer, you know, Yellowstone series, you know who's still alive, you know, Mm. that they still have the ranch. So like when you're watching 1923, there's some drama, you know, they're, you know, the Harrison Ford character, you don't know if he's going to die or, you know, there's some drama if they're going to lose the ranch. And, you know, it's a little bit like, well, we know they don't because (laughs)
4: yeah
3: the the new series Yellowstone, they still have it. So, you know, you don't want to like look ahead like that, but a couple times I've been like, man, what's going to happen? Oh, well, we kind of know what happened, but
4: we're right. You're our expert TV guy, Ted. Where does Kevin Costner's performance uh, in this series? Where's it rank? Is it up there with with you know uh, the Breaking Bad's of the world? Uh, I'm drawing a blank on why am I why am I drawing a blank on the lead from Breaking Bad?
2: Yeah, Bob oh. Odenkirk. Or, or are you talking about Brian Bryan Cranston? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah Brian I, Cranston.
2: Odenkirk's Better Call Saul. Uh, you know, they're all right there, but Costner's as good as anybody. I mean, it's hard to put him number one. Maybe he is. He's right there. I mean, his performance is just tremendous. You know, and the, and the other actors are, are really good, too. It's it's a great show, and I'm glad you've had a chance to uh, to join us. And I, I by the way, took your advice, watched Avatar, the original. You uh, have seen the second one? I haven't seen the second one yet. I'm waiting to go to the theater. I'm just been a busy time right now. I did squeeze that one in on Disney Plus. It was everything you said. I mean, you know, it's it's more than a sci-fi superhero type of thing. Yeah. You know, the the plot at the end, you know how it's going to end up. You still know how it's going to end up, but it was so well done. I mean, yeah. it was really really good. The whole concept of it, uh, you know, James Cameron really knows how to put together a film. I mean, I'm, I can't even believe well, it was 2009 and I just watched it for the first time. <laughs> That's pretty bad. I was going
3: to say 10 years. So, yeah, 13 years old and it, it still holds up. I mean, I know James Cameron talked about I forget the exact I'm not quoting verbatim, but like he had the technology or something to do the movie or he had the story and what he mm-hmm. wanted to do for the movie. He had to wait for technology to yeah. kind of catch up, which is kind mm. of crazy
4: yeah and it's funny because then you go and watch avatar 2 and you're like wow avatar the these graphics suck you know compared to really (laughs) i mean no they don't suck but it's just a whole nother level i mean it's awesome well i tell you what since you watched it i'll give you the title to entertainment tonight it's back it's
2: back back. thank you thank you
4: You gotta keep you under control
3: avatar 2 is going to drop on disney plus i
2: think this week or next week or something but are oh, you still really? wanting to go to theaters to watch it or already oh i don't know yeah. i i did make it's a comment TV. to my wife and i think you said you watched avatar in 3d is that correct is that what you said last I, week i
4: i made the mistake i thought it was walking into a 3d theater and it wasn't um oh. but what i've heard is that 3d is is life-changing it's the best yeah. 3d movie you'll ever see
2: so that's what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to hold out and go to the movies and see it in 3D. I wish I would have seen the first one in 3D. It is very, yeah. very cool. Pandora, man. I'd love to live there. <laughs> go,
3: to, go to Animal Kingdom at Disney and you can experience Pandora. Yeah,
2: That's that my next stop. Awesome. That's my next stop down there. You know, I've seen most of the other parks. I haven't been there yet. Yeah. Well, you know, this isn't really a ted segment, but we just wrapped up a couple things. But there's other sports to talk about. Today we're recording on Martin Luther King Day, Monday. Spartans picked – or Spartans lost a close game, but it was a heck of a game against Purdue.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. College basketball right now is so strange. There's no yeah. – I mean, like UConn is pretty good. Kansas is pretty good. There's a few other teams. Purdue is pretty good.
2: Yeah, they're pretty good. But the
3: Big Ten overall, I mean, maybe except for Purdue – like, no teams – no teams in all of college basketball, I guess, have really, like, separated themselves. And uh, I, Michigan State's going to be fine. I think that they'll they'll make the tournament. They'll be all right. I don't know. We've kind of been back and forth on Michigan. I still think they're going to figure out a way to make the tournament, what they actually do. Honestly, their tournament hopes might fall on how they do in the Big Ten tournament. You know, mm-hmm. they, they might need to win a couple games in the Big Ten tournament to make yeah. the big, big tournament. So. College, it's just weird. It's, It's, I don't know. I'm, I like it. You know, I'm going to watch and all that, but I, the vibe right now is just really weird on college basketball. It's in a crisis, man. It really is. is.
4: And I, I'm sad to say that. I mean, we went through this, you know, whatever it was last week or the week before, where, you know, we used to set our watch, those Michigan-Michigan State games, it's not that way anymore. You know, the big thing is the emergence of the G League, you know, the international players. I mean, the two top players in this upcoming draft aren't even playing college hoops, you know, right. and Scoot Anderson. So it's just, the, there's no talent. There's no top Gonzaga-like team. It's, you know, State fans will, will, you know, they'll cheer you on and they'll they'll try to convince you that the college basketball hasn't changed. But it's just not what it was. You know, it's tough it's tough when the, the face of your, you know, quote-unquote league, is Zach Eadie? I, I mean, he's an electric player. I mean, he's he's fun to watch, and he's you know, good. He's good, but it's just that's not exactly the star power you were hoping to garner, uh, in right? NFL this year, yeah, I think
2: we're at the point where you know. The regular season, we're not – it's just kind of blah, you know. I mean, there's nothing that just jumps out at you. I think we'll be geeked up, obviously, for the tournament, you know, like we always do. It's all the – it's the backstories and everything that goes along with it. But, uh, you know, the regular season, I'm not too fired up yet. It's still football season. And speaking of that, uh, you know, we talked to Dan Miller a little bit about it. But our Detroit Lions, man – they Could have they could have, if they'd have got in the playoffs, I don't know, would they have been matched up with San Francisco? San
4: Francisco, yeah. Yeah, yeah that it's...
2: would have been a tough matchup, but they could play in the playoffs this year. They were definitely a good enough team. They're I think I was seeing some rankings, uh, you know, in the in the overall, they were like seventh, you know, in the NFL. Yeah, yeah they they experts. would
3: have made some noise because we all know a lot of times with the NFL playoffs, it's the team that's hot going right. in, and
2: that would definitely would have
3: been the Lions kind of like the Jaguars. And I don't know. I said, I think you were up for that, but I was, uh, Jared, I don't know if you made it up when they went down 24, zero or whatever it was. 27 nothing at one time. Yeah. To be honest, my, my wife and I, we, we turned on a movie Yeah. and I was still like (laughs) peeking at the score. Ooh, The score to touchdown. Oh, it's a 14 point game. Oh God. Luckily. Like right when the movie got done, it was like mid fourth quarter. So I was like, sweet. Turn this game on. Yeah. I'm going to (laughs) watch this finish. And, uh, what a comeback by Trevor Lawrence yeah. and the Jaguars! But the big note, and we're not taking a shot, especially coming from local legend Dan Miller doing play by play for the Lions. One of the best ever is Al Michaels, mm-hmm. and uh, he left a lot to be seen or left a left to be heard, I guess, yeah. with that call with the Jaguars because. You know, again, he's one of the best to ever do it. He's getting up there in age a little bit. I don't know if that's contributing, but that whole game, I don't know. I'd be curious to hear what you have to say, Ted. You know, you've been doing it for a long time, too. There just was no energy. And they had T- Tony Dungy in the booth with him, who, again, in the in the studio is great talking about football, but as the color guy on a game, there just was no energy. And specifically, the game-winning field goal, that last drive, oh. that like the last minute or two, it was like, you would think this is some, like mid October game between a two and four team and a one in five team or something like that. It was like, what is going on? This is one of the biggest comebacks in NFL playoff history. And you you were acting like it was nothing. It was a really yeah. strange listen, especially with mm-hmm. it being Al Michaels.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with you, man. I mean, I, I don't know what the cause of it was. I can only speculate. Was it past his bedtime? He, he is 78, <laughs> but you know, I don't think Dungy helped him either. If he had been there with Herb Street. Maybe it had been a little bit different since he worked with him all year long. But there was definitely something big time missing in that delivery. And I mean, how would you not get excited in that comeback? I mean, I don't care if you're 85 years old, you'd be pumped up, you know, just there was something off. I don't know. And I don't know what it is. I, I feel bad for Al Michaels. I just feel sad, you know, that maybe this is how he's going out. I don't know what his contract status is for next year, but that's a bad way to
4: leave it. It, it is. And, and, you know, people will complain about everything on Twitter. Yeah. That seemed to be, you know, I like I saw, like I, I was telling you guys, like I love Greg Olson. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, people are complaining about Greg Olson calling games. It, right. It's you can't make them happy. Tony Romo was the number one guy. And now everybody hates Tony Romo. It's right. like you guys are all the best of the best. But I agree. I mean, it was a it was a bizarre game how they called it. I think. Tony Dungy being in the booth with them, you know, two older guys, Right. you know, it makes you appreciate Chris Collinsworth. That's yep. for sure. I mean, the yep. energy that he brings, the energy that a guy like Tony Romo brings uh, to some of these games, it was, it was weird, but going back to the initial um, game, I I went to bed, I woke up <laughs> scrolling through Twitter, saw the score and, and like, a, what the F just happened? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that was maybe the most preposterous thing I've ever read in my, in my entire life was waking up and seeing that score. Uh, but Ted, I do have one thing, you know, with the Collinsworth. No, you obviously, I mean, you know, the importance of having a good partner. Do you think that that was something that, you know, had a big factor in it was the fact that it was Dungey in there, maybe not a Collinsworth or or somebody with a little bit younger blood?
2: Yeah, I do think that might've been a factor, you know, I mean, Tony Dungey, like Matt said, he's, he's good in the studio. He's legendary. He does a good job in the studio, but uh, a little bit out of his element. They needed a younger guy or at least somebody with some energy that Al could uh, play off of. And he, you know, he is 78. He can't carry the whole damn broadcast himself. Right. And, in, and especially in TV, the color guy's really very, very important. The, the, right. And the play by play guy's got to have a little zip in his delivery too. But the color guy really is the, the, the guy that carries it. And you brought up Olsen. It's funny, you know, I haven't, I haven't saw a lot of negative stuff about him, but I was thinking about it the other day. I like him. I, th- mm-hmm. I think he does a great job. And I was thinking while I'm watching it, you know, he's paired up with the number one guy now, uh, at, at Fox, you know, isn't, isn't, uh, Brady supposed to just waltz in and take his job. I don't know how. Yeah. I don't know about, know yeah, <laughs> I I don't know about taking
3: Olsen's. He's got that contract waiting for him when, right. when he finally does hang him up, um,
2: well, also, uh, will still have a job, but isn't Brady right. supposed to come in at number one? one?
4: Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. It's funny. I mean, think it, it's funny to think about you know where everybody's complaining about these announcers if they'd have two kind of top guys like that on the right. same under the same umbrella. But no, I, I think he's great. It, it, yeah. I think we don't have to worry about the Tom Brady thing uh, for a while. I guess we'll find out tonight. Uh, right. Listeners will know by the time they hear this tomorrow. You know where Tom Brady stands, but. Uh, no, I, I think he's just good and, and it is kind of weird to always kind of think about that. You know, how does he handle that? I don't know. It, it's a it's a weird predicament for sure.
3: Yeah. Well well playoffs the, have been good though. The NFL yeah. playoffs, they always deliver. They I mean, sure usually, do. maybe in that first round there might be one or two not very close games. Um, but man, the NFL playoffs.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: They're they're top-notch. I mean, March Madness is always right there. We we've said like the NHL playoffs, we're not huge hockey fans, but the NHL Playoffs are always good. But NFL playoffs, the first two rounds, are always so good.
4: This weekend, it really did deliver. You know, it it is. I feel like a lot of times this weekend's a big-time dud. Uh, I was hoping just to get some good games. I mean, we we had, you know, three or four really, really good games. I mean, we haven't even talked about the the Ravens and Bengals game. I mean, Ravens probably should have won that game. I mean, one of the crazier plays you've ever seen in in, in NFL playoff history uh, kind of swung it. But uh, we really were, you know, it's weekends like this, and we talk about all the time. NFL and football are king and we could watch it every day of the week if if it was on man so
2: yeah it was a great weekend i just cracks me up on the marketing in the nfl instead of just calling it wild card weekend they had to slip in the super because of what they added an extra game i like it i don't i don't know it's just wild card weekend it's it usually delivers you know it was it was good football for sure well guys i don't know
3: as we're recording it 12 to zero, yep. the Cowboys over the Bucks. Damn. Late wow. in the second quarter. So it's going to be a, another Tom Brady epic comeback if he does it. So,
2: possibly. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, anyway, you know what, fellas? I think, should we just call this 250? Sounds good. Call it good. Watch some football. Maybe catch <laughs> up on Dan Campbell with the Manning cast. Looking forward to that. But, uh, Uh, it's just, it, again, fellas, it's been good to be with you for 250. I don't know if we'll make, if I'll make 250 more, I'm going to try to, we'll see what happens, but no, um, I mean,
3: one, one thing that we've said before, and and this, this pod is the perfect example. If, if people go through our long list of 250, uh, podcasts with guests, we've had some really cool guests on and not just like national type stuff you know, the, the Dan Miller's, you know, we had Ryan McGee on early. We've had uh, coach in Tony and East right. a bunch of times now. Um, I think some of my favorite ones are the local coaches that we've had on, especially yeah. since we started doing this prep spotlight. But, you know, other times that we've had some, some local high school coaches on, those are some of the coolest chats that we have. And I think there's, you know, it might be a little bit of a niche thing. Maybe not everyone's into that, that kind of stuff, but we have yeah. some really cool conversations with, some very good high school coaches across Michigan. Yeah. yeah I mean, if, you're a I listener, I, if I had to
4: narrow it down to one of my favorite interviews, sorry to cut you off, Ted, but one of my favorites probably would be, uh, you know, we talked to Ant Wright. That was a lot of fun, you know, big time Michigan guy, uh, Chris Castellani. That. that was cool because it's like right after we talked to him, it seemed like right away he got, you know, hired by Barstool and he's, you know, had this kind of career uh, explode, you know, right in front of our eyes. So it's cool to be able to talk to him before that happened. Uh, but yeah, we've been lucky. I mean, Ryan Brady, Saginaw Valley State's head coach. I mean, a lot of good ones down the road. Like you said, a lot of these high school ones have been great as well. Annie,
2: was it Annie Agar? Is that how yep. you say her name? Man, yep.
4: she's blown up on, on well, Twitter. Yeah, that's another good one, yeah. Yep. Wow.
6: All right, Jerry, Jack Strap here. How are you guys doing? Hey, I just wanted to leave you this voicemail to congratulate you on your 250th three-point podcast. Well, the Strap family were happy and healthy, well, uh, at least a little bit healthy right now, living in northern Arkansas. Jake, he's out of jail, living with some chick he met at Taco Bell. He said he's leasing dad with an option to buy. But after meeting her, I said, Jake, cancel the lease, cancel the lease. But you know me, guys, I just can't keep my foot out of my big mouth. Hey, how about the Detroit Lions? You gotta love the job Wayne Fonts is doing there. Unlike Patricia, he knows the bill of his cap, should face forward and his team is certainly doing so rather than ask backwards hey the quarterback's been a pleasant surprise too with Joey Harrington proving McVay and all the other naysayers wrong and how about Michigan's own Aiden Hutchinson in my opinion he's exceeded all expectations as the Lions number one draft pick I can't believe, also, guys, how productive the running core has been, led by Ricky Williams, who broke Barry Sanders' record. He's especially awesome in those short yardage goal line situations. And who doesn't love it when he does the pelvic thrust after scoring a touchdown? Hey, guys, I wanted to share some thoughts on the college national championship game, so thanks for asking. Michigan had a great year. But TCU did not help the Wolverine psyche by getting absolutely humiliated and kicked to the curb and boy did it smart. See what I did there? The excited and aroused Bulldogs mounted and humped and humped the horny frogs all night, leaving them with big blue balls, which I know what that feels like. Should they should add blue guys to their uniforms to the purple and black because they're a program who is beat well, well, black and blue. I know you missed my crystal ball prediction, so when rapid fire, get your number two pencils out, Patricia, and get ready to write some good stuff here. Aaron Rodgers will be in the black and silver next year, increasing his odds for another Super Bowl in Oakland under Gruden. The 49ers sure do look pretty. With Purdy's moxie and accuracy, he will lead Frisco over the inspired Jim Kelly-led Bills to a Super Bowl victory 28-24 in Arizona next month. The Colts will hire Sean Payton firing Saturday on Monday while not resigning old Matt Ryan, drafting young, as in Bryce. And finally, Michigan's Juwan Howard will bitch slap another Big Ten coach before the season ends, and I hope if he does, it's the Buckeyes' Randy Ayers. So in closing, fellas, I miss you a lot. Jackie said hello, and Jake's getting a taco grande or whatever it is. But I have been entertained and sports educated by the three of you while listening to your ramblings. So again, happy 250 and keep up the good work. And remember, Jerry, never pass a state cop on the highway unless he's traveling under the post limit. See ya.
2: So we've had fun with it. If you have out there listeners, if you have any suggestions for future guests, definitely send them our way. You can hit us up at Three Point Pod and make sure you definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, let's just send some shout outs right now to our sponsors. They include Memorial Healthcare, home of the Now Community Wellness Center and SkyMint Cannabis. SkyMint Cannabis, Michigan's leader in the industry, over 15 locations throughout the state. If you're over 21, go online at SkyMint.com, sign up for the rewards program. SkyMint's your one-stop shop for pain relief, help sleeping, or just chilling out. New customers, go to that front of store, use the coupon code 3.20, get 20% off SkyMint products. Also, our good friends at Memorial Healthcare is now Community Center. That place is just awesome and it's much more than a gym. Included in your Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center membership is the open use of the cardio exercise area, the SkyTrack, all the, all the equipment, the therapy pool, Stretching and swimming, sauna, steam rooms. Guys, I got to tell you, Jared, you'll be proud of me. I go there at least six times a week. Wow. How about that? That's impressive. That's a commitment. (laughs) That's commitment. I'm I'm there for an hour. I got my own little workout. You know, I got 45 minutes uh, of walking and 15 minutes of lifting and and cranking my shoulders. And then finishing up in the steam room. I love that place. Wow. A steam
3: room. I mean, we talked about it when you were showing us around. A steam room and A sauna are mm-hmm. so clutch i used to yes. love sitting in the sauna that the y that we go to now doesn't have a sauna i wish it did because that yeah. that is a great way to flush everything out yes. it oh, sure out.
2: is i love it also i love our other sponsors which include az printing solutions capital sports Fieldhouse, crow real estate and auction nelson house funeral home Rivals Taphouse and Grill and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. I want to spend a, send a special thanks out to Dan Miller of Fox 2 and the Lions Radio Network. Make sure you give him a follow at Dan Miller Fox 2 and also Daniel Morrill, the Langford Wolfpack head coach. Great conversation with him as well. Don't forget our next high school game of the week on the radio, Z92.5. It's Friday, January 20th. Uh, it's St. John's at Fowlerville, so that should be a pretty good matchup. Just remember, everybody, peace and love. Be kind. Thanks for listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association, Michigan Chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org.